Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers and you have just connected to the place to be. If you or your family members are interested in finding solutions to individuals who confront the perplexing problems of neurological difficulties that are associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, The focus of today's program is multifaceted, just like is the case for a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. We'll be talking specifically about the side effects of medications and what you can do about it and some of the factors that actually cause the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. My guest today is David Overton. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me again. So tell everyone about yourself. Uh, well, let's see. Let's talk about my professional experience. I first trained as a uh, registered nurse, and then I trained as a uh, nurse practitioner and a physician assistant. And for those people who don't know about that, we're trained. Uh, we get basically medical school crammed at us in a shorter period of time, but we can do all the usual things like write prescriptions and do tests and all the things that doctors do for the most part. But my story is that I had a series of injuries and illnesses and I did uh, the conventional treatments and it either didn't work or caused some harm. And specifically, uh, the first thing was chronic uh, chronic pain syndrome. And I took some herbs and I healed it and I went, wait a minute, there's something I haven't been told here. So I, uh, I'm a professionally certified herbalist, and I trained in naturopathic approaches and homeopathic approaches, so I just have this big amalgamation of things that I do, including looking at things like uh, neurological disorders. And so I think I take the best of what conventional medicine has to offer and the best of what natural processes have to offer to try to get results for patients. The program today is going to be both audio and visual. So what I need to do for everyone who's connecting in right now is to invite you to open up a new page on your computers and visit the Parkinson's Recovery blog. The easiest way to find the blog, if you don't already have it bookmarked as a favorite, is to simply visit the main website The address is easy to remember because it's the name of what we do, www.parkinsonsrecovery.com. So P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S-R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y dot C-O-M. And on the main portal website, you'll see a link there to many of the other websites that I maintain here at Parkinson's Recovery. Click on the blog connection. There's a little icon there. Click on that, and that will take you to the posting that we've got that presents a whole series of slides that David Overton is now going to be discussing. Now, this particular posting will be listed for February 26, 2014. You may have to scroll down on the blog to find it, or it will also be categorized under the category side effects of medications. Now, uh, so what you need to do is to go there, and you'll see the title of this particular post is What to Do About the Side Effects of Medications. So, David, go to it. Okay, well, thanks. The reason I decided to put on these slides on is I'm going to talk in about three 
different things. And so what I'd like to do, Rogers, try or excuse me, Robert, is to try to um, get through like the first one, and then if I could, it'd probably be better to hold questions till then. But I'll take questions, and then the second part, and then the third part. So the first part is I want to retouch this issue of. Uh, uh, dopamine and the kidneys making neurotransmitters, but it's not just dopamine, it's also GABA and serotonin and norepinephrine, a whole host of neurotransmitters, acetylcholine. Um, so for listeners who do find the slides, if you look across the bottom of the screen, or at least on mine, it'll say www.parkinson. So you go all the way over to the right, it'll say slide one and slide two. So you can follow along and catch this there. So slide one just tells you about my practice and um, what we do. Slide two, topics again for today are how the kidneys regulate serotonin, dopamine, adrenaline, and other neurotransmitters, and the dopamine challenge. And we're going to talk a lot about silent chronic kidney disease because you have to understand that to manage drug side effects. So slide three then is contact information, how you actually get a hold of us or find information about me. The, my phone number is 360-357-8054. My website, and I'll refer to that again over and over, is uh, www.natmeds.net. And you can shoot us questions at email, and you can also follow our blog with health tips um, and Facebook at natmeds.net. And obviously we're available for consultations, either by appointment or phone or Skype or whatever. And I also do teach seminars to the public and professional groups. So slide three is kind of funny. It's a little cartoon that says, I wouldn't say I'm a bad listener. I would say I'm a really good talker. And um, I have a quote from a physician who I respect. It says, your eyes cannot see what your mind does not know. So you can't see dopamine. You can't see Parkinson's. You can't see kidney dysfunction. Many people have these things, but they just can't see the problem. So they have to either be convinced or managed with accurate tests. And we'll show some of those things. Slide uh, five is from Dr. Marty Hines. I'm using this with his permission. And it, it talks about urinary neurotransmitters. These are not systemic neurotransmitters. The, you, ne the kidneys actually synthesize and make neurotransmitters. They actually do that. So that explains why if you take supplements or you take a prescription drug, you might get some temporary benefit, but eventually your neurotransmitters will go back down again if, you're not, if you don't know the correct supplements to take. And slide um, six, actually, it's a little bit technical, but it actually shows that. So at the top, for uh, people who are looking at it, if you just listen, it talks about your arteries. So your arteries take all the blood from your body. They put it into the kidney or renal artery, and it goes into the tubes, which you see in the middle. So, and from the tubes, you go to step two and three, and the kidneys filter out some things, and they actually make serotonin and dopamine from things like 5-HTP and L-DOPA. And then they do one of two things. Uh, you see the little arrow number four, it puts it into the urine. It means you're peeing those things down the toilet. Or if you have the kidneys properly supported, whatever that means, they go back into the system. And then where I uh, differ a little bit with Dr. Hines, and I have the utmost respect for him, is that he has supplements that help this, but I figured out over time there's some other things that are affecting the kidneys which may affect this. And one of the reasons I agreed to speak now is because I figured out a long time ago that um, there's a subset of people that dopamine is the problem. And uh, 
certain studies say 8% of us, other studies say 17% of us, that's the problem. So, um, but there wasn't any really formal way to sort that out. I sort of figured that out because I stepped outside of the usual protocols that are designed to bring up serotonin and started saying, wait a minute, some of us have some dopamine problems, and I had my own ways to figure it out, but I used the supplements for dopamine initially, and it actually worked better than supplements for serotonin. So um, Dr. Hines came up with what's called the dopamine challenge test, and you're using very, very, very specific supplements that are excellent and used at uh, appropriate times. And there's a long list of things that you could use them for, but uh, the best list would be things like restless leg syndrome, tremors, irritable bowel, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, bipolar disorder, and then obviously Parkinson's or Parkinson's-like problems. So that's slide seven. And I'm not going to go into exactly how we use those supplements. It's pretty complex. It's best left for appointments. But here's what your expectations would be on uh, slide number eight. You get better. That'd be great. But it usually takes multiple steps. So if you get better on step one, you're just lucky. Number two, you can experience some side effects like nausea or upset stomach. That's usually that you're bringing the serotonin up too fast and you have to go some other steps, straighten that out, then get back on track with dopamine. But you can also have some side effects with those supplements that we can manage. That, that actually happened to me taking dopamine supplements, and I got my way through it. Um, but also, it might not work. And the reason it might not work is these problems are caused by other treatable conditions. Um, so right now, if people have questions, this would be a really good time to pause And while people are doing that. Um, I'd like to talk about that case that um, was called in uh, right after the last talk show. This is a woman in Virginia, and the very first thing she, I asked her to do was just send over a med list. And I said, oh, my goodness, you know, this is way more complex than people thought. I can honestly say Dr. Hines got blindsided. He wasn't aware of all these other things. Basically, what's happening is someone is pouring in supplements, they're testing dopamine, and dopamine kept going to critical levels, causing her to be, have projectile vomiting off and on for two years. Two years is a long time to suffer. First thing I said is you have to be on a very specialized diet. You're having some complex medicines, and you're taking some other things that would boost your dopamine. Just right off that bat, just telling her that she started getting better, She's starting to send me her records. The first thing I found is somebody did a test. She has a profound or significant uh, immune deficiency. So that explains why she's getting better with naltrexone. What's the cause of that? And it would appear to be viral infections, but we've ordered some tests. And the next thing I got was her neurology records. And her brain scan actually shows that she has temporal sclerosis. What is that? That means hardening in the temporal areas. Now my job is to figure out what the problem is there. Is that an infection, inflammation, arteriosclerosis? You know, I'll figure that out eventually. But the Templar areas have to do with the dopamine, the serotonin. So dopamine is not her primary problem. And then as an aside, she looks like she has tremendous problems with GABA. So again, there's different ways to look at this besides just doing a dopamine challenge. But by all means, if you get better with the dopamine challenge, I think that's great. Okay, so that, that's the first part about the dopamine challenge in the kidneys. Any, any questions about that, Robert? So let me ask those of you who called in, and if you'd like to be able to now ask David Overton a question or make a comment, all you have to do is to signal that you would like for me to click you in live to the program, and I would be delighted to do that. For those of you who just clicked in to the radio show today, 
David Overton is talking to some slides that have been posted on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. And if you'll go to the blog, you'll be able to scroll down now and see exactly where he's at in his presentation. You can get to the blog by going to the main website, which is parkinsonsrecovery.com. Many of you know that very well. And on that website, there are links to the many other websites that we maintain here at Parkinson's Recovery. Click on the blog. And then what that will do today is take you to the top posting, which is the side effects of medications. Now, many of you will be listening to the archives, and so you'll have to just know that that was posted on February the 26th, 2014. So you'll have to scroll down on the blog, or you'll have to click the category over on the right, which will be side effects of medications. So again, call in. The guest call-in number is 347-945-5358. And let me know that you'd like to be able to connect in and ask David Overton some questions, and we would be delighted to click you in. So, David, we do have lots of people who've called in, but nobody yet who signal they really want to talk with you. So if you'd like to go ahead and continue, we are down-scrolled. You'll have to scroll down the page for those of you who've just hit the blog to be able to find the slide that he is now on. The title of that slide is, I began to see there was a bigger picture. So back to you, David. Again, at least on my screen, if you look across the bottom, you'll see www. Yeah, Parkinson's recovery. It, David, it doesn't have no, it doesn't really? have that on the. Oh, on okay. The so this is like people nine. can't see that, so I'm afraid okay. we just have to go with what's on the slides. Okay, great. Um, um, and the reason I put these slides on there is, is you know, I get a lot of criticism. Say you make this unnecessarily complex. No, I don't. I was trained that nobody ever has any one thing. It's just not that simple. It's not that simple in many cases to just say, let's do a dopamine challenge. Again, by all means, if that works, that's wonderful. But I was trained to think holistically. And holistically means you're looking at the big picture and you're looking at things and sequences and very, very specific things. It might be a better, bigger project, and it certainly takes more time and effort on both of everybody's parts, uh, but I get better results with that. So, And nobody can remember all of this stuff at any one time. Even I can't. You know, I, That's why I keep a chart record and have to go back to square one many times. So the reason I put slides on is not to overwhelm people, not to confuse people, not to make me look like I'm better than anybody else, but to say I have a program and I have a sequence I go through, and you can go back and you can look at those slides over and over and over again to educate yourself and then use it however you want to use it. If you can find a practitioner who can help you with these things in your kidneys, great, go for it. If you can't, we're available to help out. And uh, we also have a tremendous amount of information on our website, which is uh, www.netmeds.net. And uh, there's a wide variety of uh, information on there, particularly the ones about the viruses and about the kidneys. Not, not so much about the kidneys, but various other things, and I'll touch on those. And, David, I so, want to piggyback on that. There is a wealth of information on David's blog. He's a prolific writer. So if you'd like to be able to get some true insights on what are the challenges that you may be currently facing, I think you'll find some incredible help and support just from visiting his website. And I do have to tell you that um, most of those articles are, are for a monthly a magazine that I write for, so they're limited to 500 words, and it's very difficult to get everything in 500 words, but I do my best. So if we don't have anybody calling in, then uh, I want to go over this slide nine then. 
I had to step back even to myself and say, well, you know, I tried to do these supplements to boost my serotonin and then I start looking at my lab tests. I think I did one or two and my dopamine's jumping around and, you know, what's going on? And the, I began to see there's a much bigger picture. The kidneys do much more than filter. Uh, they make neurotransmitters. Uh, your heart also produces neurotransmitters. Uh, the kidneys and the heart and the brain are all linked together. So there's this sequence that you're looking for. You find them in everybody to some degree at any age, even children. And the first thing should be circulation. It is the number one thing that kills people in the world. So things like your heart, your blood vessels, your immune system, infectious problems. We could do a whole talk on that one. The lungs, the kidneys, blood sugar problems, nutritional problems. Toxins fit in there somewhere, but you can't flush toxins out if you don't deal with your kidneys or your blood sugar is too high, that's very toxic. <laughs> your body's going to be jamming that and caramelizing your brain, eyes, kidneys, and everything else. Blood sugar's too low. Your uh, kidneys, and to some extent your liver, is trying to bring that back up again. That's not going to detoxify. You've got to straighten that stuff out. You might automatically detoxify, or then you go to detoxification. So, for example, many people have very common syndromes. And... Um, and it's the cause, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, neurotransmitter problems. And I'm going to just touch ever so briefly on cardiac metabolic syndrome. It is the epidemic in the world today. It is very common. People can't see it. Practitioners might be treating parts of it, but not treating underlying causes. And that's simply that you have some combination of being overweight, prehypertension, hypertension, high cholesterol, blood sugar issues, and then a variety of other things like hormonal problems and polycystic ovaries. You know what? I just described 60% of the world's population and definitely 60% of Americans. Let that settle in. Overweight, blood pressure problems, cholesterol problems, prediabetes and diabetes. That's an enormous number of people, and that affects your brains, your kidneys, and your neurotransmitters all on its own in different ways. That's linked to what we call cardiorenal syndrome or cardiokidney syndrome. Same story, just the kidneys are damaged. And also uh, cardiometabolic renal brain syndrome where the brain's involved. And you can find information on that again on my website at www.natmeds.net. If you go to the circulation section, look up cardiac metabolic syndrome. I kind of went overboard on that one. There's like three articles, but it walks you through a 44-year-old man then nobody saw the big picture, which means lose weight and educate them. And we do have many programs for weight loss. He ultimately, you know, they're dinking with his blood pressure. They're dinking with his cholesterol. Nobody figures out his kidneys, and he ultimately dies of a heart attack at age 42. Um, and then also there's a, I need to really work on my kidney section, but if you go to the kidney sections, you'll find a thing that says kidneys catalyst for heart disease. It's actually much more important to know your kidney functions than it is to know your blood pressure and your cholesterol. Because if you do not, you will like, as your kidney functions decline, you will likely suffer from a stroke, blood clot, or heart disease before you go on dialysis. And in case anybody does not believe that's true, it happened to my mother. I didn't know any better. It happened to my father. He went into kidney problems, but he died from heart disease. It happened to my younger brother, age 50. He's gone. It happened to my closest brother, age 57. He's gone. This is a very real problem about this kidney. Disease or stress. So the big idea on slide, uh, the next slide is if you treat the causes, the neurotransmitters might improve, 
Or if you treat all of that, you might need less supplements for your neurotransmitters and your serotonin and your dopamine. And I'm going to drive it home again that cardiac metabolic syndrome damages the brain, kidneys, heart, eyes, and much more. And to show you that, this is what we get in our medical journals or our lecture. Rare is the practitioner who actually explains it to people and tries to do anything, or excuse me, educate and really work on this in a comprehensive fashion. The next slide is um, from John Hopkins University. If people aren't aware of that, it's a prestigious university in America. And on the right-hand side, you see this picture of the sequence of hypertension, the target organ, organ damage. What gets damaged with hypertension? On the left-hand side, it says, no, with prehypertension, even before you get hypertension, 30% of those people have metabolic syndrome. With hypertension, 60% have metabolic syndrome. So what's the problem? It causes organ damage. Uh, kidneys, brain, left and right heart, neurotransmitters, and actually much more. So if you actually see that picture, you can see the sequence all in kind of technical medical terms, but that's the kidney on the left-hand side, there's the heart, and there's the brain. And what I began to realize is the more you worked on this, the more the neurotransmitters could get better and or the, the less amount of supplements I had to use. The very next slide, again, is to drive that point home. Many people have this. They don't know it. You know, even if I couldn't help a person with Parkinson's disease, wouldn't it be nice to delay the dementia, to delay the stroke, to delay the heart attack, to delay the kidney disease? Wouldn't that be a great idea? So this next slide shows, that, again, the consequences of hypertension, organ damage, brain, heart, kidneys, blood vessels, eyes. And just because you lower your blood pressure with a drug does not mean you escape these things. You're just going to delay it a little bit. Okay. So now we're moving more into actually silent chronic kidney disease. It's silent. You don't have any symptoms or the symptoms you have you would not believe me when I tell you, but I can tell you that I got this, okay? It's a diagnosis that's made and managed with blood and urine tests, very simple ones. Nobody's walking around saying, you know, I got stage 3 kidney disease. They don't know they have it. It's silent. It happened to me, okay? So for all the technical people out there, or if you want to try to figure this out yourself, and I'll show you how to do that, or for the medical providers who might be listening, or if you want to take this information back to your medical provider and see if you can get them to do it, um, you would look at your serum or blood creatinine level, or if you're in certain circumstances, or if you're 65 or older, you use something called a cystatin C blood test. So you get these blood tests ordered, and they determine what's called your kidney filtration. However, so normal kidney filtration is 120. It's a big number. It's not the truth, but it's a way people, and my patients can understand as they say, okay, so it's like your kidneys are filtering 120 ounces or 120 pints a day or 120 cups a day. You want a high number, okay? So normal kidney filtration rate is 120. And it's been mapped out now that there are five stages. Stage one is you've got some kidney problems. But that's very tricky, and the reason it's very tricky, it's between 60 and 120, Here's why it's tricky. Number one, sometimes you do that first test, and the next time you do it, it drops like a stone. Second is there's different ways to calculate this test. So you have to look at various formulas and various numbers. There's two primary ways to do it. Then, then you do it with the creatinine. Then you can do it with the cystatin. And also, when you plug these in, if you get two separate numbers, 
the lower number is usually what's used when you're using a drug that's damaging your kidneys. Okay, so stage two is the highest risk. That's between 60 and 90. Why? Because you have the highest risk for problems, especially cardiovascular problems, and you don't even know it. Stage three is where you go below 60, so between 30 and 60, that's a big, big trouble. And most labs will not report this number till you're less than 60. They won't report it. You've lost 50% of your kidney functions. You've lost the ability of your kidneys to make your neurotransmitters, okay? Uh, or at least it's severely impaired. Stage four is kidney failure, and stage five is dialysis time. And so those numbers can be found elsewhere. But again, I'm going to drive this point home. Some, just some, only a few of the things that the kidneys do. Clearly, you've heard that they make neurotransmitters. They make serotonin and dopamine. But also, Marty Hines did the work to show that Serotonin makes dopamine, dopamine makes norepinephrine, norepinephrine makes epinephrine. Everybody calls that adrenaline, but it's not. If you do that, you'll go off on the adrenal thing. That might not help you, which then in turn makes GABA, which then in turn makes uh, acetylcholine. That's the usual sequence. But I myself, and now Dr. Hines, has figured out there's a subset where dopamine is the primary problem. There's also subsets where GABA is the problem or subsets where um, uh, acetyl is the problem. Oh, you have to kind of work on those things in different sequences and things. The kidneys, they filter out, excuse me, they metabolize, they filter out or they clear out your drugs. There's no way you can manage uh, drug side effects if you don't grasp this and understand this and do these calculations. And I'll show you that in just a minute on a person. They regulate your blood pressure. Your kidneys regulate your blood pressure. I'm telling the audience here, if you're doing things right and you're taking blood pressure medicines, and you're not lying to your doctor and over-drinking and taking cocaine and doing things you shouldn't be doing. It's almost always the kidneys the problem. Next, maybe genetics, and I'll show that. The kidneys regulate your heart function and your circulation. They support your brain. All three of those things are linked to things like Parkinson's and anxiety and depression and tremors. They are involved in your sleep control. They re produce your red blood cells so you can carry oxygen around. They regulate your minerals for bone density. They filter out internal and external toxins. You know, I do naturopathic work, but I pretty much stopped doing some of the things uh, that I didn't find effective. It's not your liver, liver toxins. It's your kidneys. That's what you look at. Or if it is your liver, it's very specific genes inside your liver. When I look at a chemistry test now, usually the liver functions look normal. Kidney functions don't, but you have to calculate the numbers, and you also have to look at urine tests and maybe some other things. So the kidneys do so much more than that, but that's enough for right now. The next slide for anybody who's really technical and wants to try to figure this out themselves or work with the provider, it's called a GFR calculator. That stands for glomerular filtration rate. Better to just call it kidney filtration. You can click, just go GFR. You can click on any computer. You can find this. It's a very complex formula. It'll tell you how to plug in what you need to know, which is the blood numbers that I said, your height, your weight, your age, your gender, and ethnic background, and it'll generate some numbers. And um, we don't call it kidney disease unless um, you confirm it, which means you do this number, generally should do a urine test, maybe some other things, and you do it three months apart. That's how you confirm it. Okay. Uh, but where it gets a little slippery there is your number could look pretty good. So your kidney functions, it's true that they decline as we age, and they silently cause problems, and the impair our ability to regulate or clear out or metabolize drugs, 
and it definitely can impair your regulation of serotonin and dopamine. But this next slide shows on the left-hand side ages. So age 20 to 29, the average kidney filtration should be 116. Age 30 to 39 should be 107. You can find those charts. They're not hard to find. But you can go back to um, the slides and look at this. But I want to put this into something practical. Here's the next slide. Uh, T is a 34-year-old man. And um, he's been my patient. You wouldn't think about this stuff in a 34-year-old, would you? But, you know, several years ago, I figured out he was actually in acute heart failure, had kidney problems, blood sugar problems. He has Epstein-Barr cytomegalovirus, uh, mycoplasma, and chlamydia pneumonia. All infections that are known to affect every area that I just said, and all infections that one way or the other may affect your nervous system. Anyway, he came in here recently, wasn't feeling so well, um, and we did this kidney filtration. It came out as 97 or 85. Depends upon how you look at the calculation. 97 could fool you and say, ah, oh, stage 1, not so bad. 85, stage 2, not so good. Okay, So that would look like stage 1 or stage 2. However, there are other charts that match your kidney filtration to your age. So, depends upon how you looked at this calculation. His kidney filter calculation of 97 could fool you and look like stage 1, but in fact, if you went back and you matched that to the age, his kidneys were functioning at age 57. That's called kidney degeneration. Robert, we should have a talk sometime about the things that damage your kidneys but, and easily found and easily treated, but that's beyond the scope of today's talk. A kidney filtration of 85, I think I got that slide wrong, but that means he has the kidney filtration of an 85 or a, I think it was actually a 94-year-old. That's profound trouble. You know what his problem was? He came in because he had an intestinal infection. He wasn't feeling well. Yeah, well, some intestinal infections um, produce toxins that affect the kidneys. He can't flush his toxins out. That's why he's not getting better. Sure, a general detox program might have helped, but very specific um, supplements to boost his kidney functions is your better way out of that. And he's headed for big problems, particularly potentially cardiovascular problems, if we didn't deal with this. And he's all better already on the antibacterials they put him on. So what are common kidney symptoms? You would never think of these. I believe you can find these on uh, the National Kidney Foundation uh, chart, I think if you just Google CKD, which stands for chronic kidney disease, you can find those. They have a treatment program that's fairly conventional, a little on the light side as far as I'm concerned. I have a much bigger treatment program in sequence. But things like anxiety and depression can be caused by kidney problems, brain fog, cognition, how you're thinking, memory problems, leg cramps, fatigue, sleep problems, numbness, tingling, neurological problems, fluid retention, skin problems, dryness, itching, rashes, blood pressure could be high or low, circulation and heart problems. And for anybody who can see this slide, there's a little asterisk on the ones that I got. As I like to tell my patients, it's really nice if you see a practitioner who suffered with what you had because they understand it much better and have a lot more empathy and are a lot more motivated to fix it if they suffer too. My kidney filtration dropped, I think, from 89 to 74, and I got to some big problems in stage 2. Again, stage 2, the highest risk. Nobody sees the problem. You know what? When I brought my kidney filtrations back up, to story what I did, all those things like brain fog, like cramps, fatigue, sleep problems, numbness and tingling, a little bit of fluid retention in my legs, skin itching, blood pressure bouncing back between too high and too low, and some definite circulation problems, they all came under control. 
all with supplements. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery, and my guest today is David Overton. David is talking to a whole set of fascinating slides that have been posted on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. The slide that he just reviewed for everyone is quite fascinating for anyone that has a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. So let me invite all of you, if you have not already done so, to visit the Parkinson's Recovery blog right now. You can get there by going to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. Click on the link to the blog, and you'll find a posting for February the 26th, 2014, on the side effects of medications. And the slide that he's now talking about is about 60% down on the page, and the title of it is Common kidney symptoms and he just reviewed the list of those for everyone but the fascinating part to me is the whole first set of symptoms are all symptoms that are associated with individuals who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease so I'll repeat them and I want to encourage everyone to actually review and look at this slide anxiety depression brain fog leg cramps fatigue sleep problems, numbing and tingling. All of those are Parkinson's-related types of problems. So the point here is it may be that the real cause of the neurological problems that you currently experience may have nothing to do with the depletion of dopamine. It may be that you actually have some issue with your kidneys. Now, I see on the control panel that we have a large number of individuals who connected in through either their computer or on the telephone. This is a live show, so if you'd like to be able to connect in and talk with David Overton right now, you can do so, but you'll have to signal me that you would like for me to plug you into the show. You can do that right now or anytime over the next several minutes. I see a lot of people called in, but I don't see anybody signaling that you'd like to be able to talk with them. So here's your chance. Signal, and you'll be able to connect in right now. So, David, back to you. I'm going to say you never have, the listeners never have a better chance for a bit of a free consult that's than right, right now, but that's, that's your that's choice. That's what I was thinking. It's like it doesn't cost anything, <laughs> people. <laughs> exactly. And I want to point out, though, that this is much bigger than anybody believes because what if you don't have Parkinson's? How many people have chronic fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depression, leg cramps, uh, sleep problems, numbness, tingling? You know, this the same thing is going on with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, just a wide variety of things. It, it's fascinating how I figured this out, but that's another story. Um, but anyway, then I'm going to go on to the next thing, because I said the number one thing you should be thinking about is how's your circulation? Are you getting oxygen to your tissues? It is the number one thing that kills people in, in America today. If you're not getting enough blood supply to your brain, it's not going to function right. And if people heard earlier, again, we had a, a caller last time who contacted me from Virginia. I'm going to say this again. The first thing I did is I just wanted her med sheet. Boy, was that ever a snafu. But, you know, we got her going. We got her started in the right path. Second thing was I found an immune deficiency. Somebody started on some naltrexone, low-dose naltrexone. I support that's a good idea. I don't use it anymore because there's cheaper things. But it's really trying to say something's causing the immune system to go down. The next thing, though, is I got her brain scan. It said temporal sclerosis. A brain scan on a Parkinson patient should be negative because you know why you can't see dopamine on a brain scan. Temporal sclerosis means it's in the temporal areas. That means it's usually a serotonin problem. 
and we can deal with that. And sclerosis means either hardening or generally hardening of the arteries. I'm not sure which, but I would immediately, in my immediate assessment and intuition on her, is uh, chronic long-term uh, viral infections uh, and or inflammation, and or she may have actually some vessel damage in there. I'm not sure which, but I can tell you, in a family member of mine, I made something like that go all go away, go away. I believe it was in the brain stem and the cerebellum region. So there's ways to deal with this stuff. But back to circulation. David, before about... you go on, we do have a caller that would like to be able to connect in with you. Area code 970, you are on the air. Hello. Hi, Robert. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can Hello. hear you. Hello. This is, this is Susan from Colorado. Yes. Hi, Susan. And hi. I am having terrible leg cramps, and I just had a blood test. The doctor said it was fine, but I am looking at this, and I don't think it's fine. Can you tell me exactly what you see? Name the things that you see on there that you don't think are fine. Okay. The, crea- the estimated GF rate is What's greater the number? than greater than 60. Okay. Uh, again, you'd have to do calculations. What's your, could I ask you your age? 63. And right around there, probably just above that, should say something called a creatinine and or BUN. Can you see okay, those? Okay, the B, yes. The BUN. Okay, is it normal or not normal? Well. Is it flagged somehow? No. Okay. But the then, bun, mm-hmm. creatine ratio is? is 30. Is, in an that eight. lab, is that normal or not normal? Usually they'll flag it and put an asterisk on it or say high or low or they'll put it in a separate column. Can they have, have an H, and the reference range is 10 to 28. Ma'am, uh, you're not my patient, so I can't officially make a diagnosis, but I can tell you the BUN creatinine ratio is another one of those things that we use, and it's a ratio of these things. All evidence would suggest at this point in time that you have silent chronic kidney disease. I would suggest that you find a practitioner who's well-versed in this. I would suggest you find a practitioner who will tell you what the causes are, find them, and work on them. And you do need to look, have someone look at the entire chemistry. And uh, what was your age? I forgot your age. 63. Okay. Um, And you also need to do a urinalysis and basically some other things. So I'd like to point out how easy and how fast it is to be up and running that there's probably silent chronic kidney problems. Okay. Uh, Any questions about that? Well, can I come see you? (laughs) Uh, Let me talk. People can come fly to see me, and uh, that may or may not be efficient for you. You can also schedule a telephone consult. That is uh, 360-357-8054. You can find, again, that on the website. You can easily easily just Google my name, David Overton, Olympia, Washington, or Natural Medicines. You're going to find lots of links. You can also contact us by email, which is uh, questions at matmeds.net. I can work with any practitioner if you'd like me to work with your practitioners. The problem is PAs can never teach doctors anything. It doesn't work right. that way. We're in I, hear, and, I understand. Um, you also have to have that number repeated. And then, again, I just don't want to get into right now all the causes because I'd like to um, sure. finish the rest. Of, but but we should go right down the line, bing, 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 looking for the causes. 
and then I uh, can't guarantee we can help you, but we typically normalize that and improve the situation. And then back to leg cramps. In our medical training, we said leg cramps. We had no idea what it is. It must be muscle cramps. And then eventually we learned to use some things like uh, maybe some electrolytes like some potassium, and eventually we learned to use things like you know minerals, which is what I did for years and made things go away in my legs, but it came back. But the fact of the matter is it's usually a kidney problem. could be some other things like circulation problem because the kidneys regulate your electrolytes and your minerals. So to the listening audience, oh, Leg cramps might be a kidney thing. Better have somebody look at my kidney function test. And, by the way, in the United States, I can order labs on anybody that I feel like in any state. We can arrange that for you, except for the state of Hawaii. That's a little weird. If you're international, what we would do, if you're my patient, is we would send you the lab form and ask um, that you take that to your provider and then get the records back to us. So I hope I kind of answered your question about kidney problems and leg cramps. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for and calling. I'll, you'll be hearing from me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Robert Rogers you. from Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is David Overton, who is addressing some of the possible causes of neurological difficulties that are associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Many people take medications, and they certainly do address for some people the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, but that's just a treatment of symptoms. He's talking today about the possibility that there are causes, and specifically one of those is kidney disease. So, David, back to you. Okay, I'm going to go a little fast because I want to get to the genetics. The next slide talks about the most common heart and circulation symptoms in women. You would never believe it. It's fatigue, anxiety or mood problems, sleep problems, digestive problems like constipation, irritable bowel, heartburn. We call it heartburn for a reason. Acid problems. And then sometimes some vague, vague, vague uh, breathing problems. So, again, I'd love to come back and talk about that a bit more. But let's show you, let's be practical. How do we manage this, okay? So the next slide is how do we manage drugs and kidney disease. 76-year-old man came to see me only two weeks ago. He has a history of hypertension, stroke, heart attack, leg cramp, poor memory. He's very irritable. Okay, I'm up and running. He wants to stop his statin drug. That's a cholesterol drug. He thinks other drugs are causing problems, and he's absolutely right. If you become my patient, the smartest thing to do is to get me all of your records from any doc you ever saw anywhere, you know, even if it's a lot of it, we'll get to it eventually. He had the benefit of having a very intelligent wife. His wife brought in a stack of labs going back to 2006. Like our caller here earlier, she'd been beating her head against the wall. She had these labs. She were all over the place. She had her question marks about kidney functions. Her doctors would not answer any questions. Here's what his labs showed. Kidney filtration, 54 probably um, chronic silent kidney disease, low red blood cells, can't oxygenate. The kidneys make the hormones that make the red cells, plus I have to think of some other reasons. Cholesterol's too low, 130. The data shows if your cholesterol goes too low, it increases your risk for stroke and heart disease. Love to do a talk on that. Electrolytes not normal, potassium and sodium, blood sugar too high, prediabetes. She's been trying to treat this with magnesium and calcium. It ain't going to work. Here's what I did. Because I had those labs on the very first day, I stopped his statin drug. If you go to my website, www.natmeds.net, you can scroll down and find in the general section FDA warnings on statin drugs. It will give you the information about how they can cause stroke and heart disease. You can also find out about kidney things on my website. I gave him the thing about cardiac metabolic syndrome. He's got it. 
we took, said, go to my website for blood sugar problems, read all the bad things that can happen, and start following our food plan. We stopped his diuretic, one called hydrochlorothiazide. Many drugs damage the kidneys. That's one. We do use it at specific times, so we try to get you off of it. And by the way, diuretics, many diuretics increase the blood pressure because they damage the kidneys, increase the cholesterol, increase the blood sugar, deplete the minerals and electrolyte, and they contribute to kidney disease. So I don't want to give a drug that's going to make things worse. And we started very specific supplements to manage his kidney damage. And you know what? He came back in a week. Guess what? GFR jumped up to kidney filtration, jumped up to 66, and his leg cramps are already under control using a simple supplement for the uh, kidneys. All right. Do we have any questions? Then I'm going to go on so to if you'd, like, if you'd like to be able to ask David Overton a question, I see there are a number of people who have called in. You'll have to just signal me that you'd like to be able to have a discussion with him or a free brief consultation. Now's the time. This is a live show. It's not pre-recorded, so you'll be able to actually have a connection with him one-on-one. We are here uh, looking at slides that are posted on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. If you'll go to the blog, if you haven't already done so, you'll see a, a visual presentation of all of the complex information that David is now discussing. Uh, the address of the blog is www.blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com. And the next slide is titled, How Else Do We Manage Side Effects of Drugs? David, back to you. Um, but before I do that, I'd like to thank you for having me speak last week because, you know, within two hours we had an immediate consult uh, request from Ireland. We had one from Canada. We've had a whole host of uh, ones from the United States. It's the woman from Virginia who jumped on the fastest and is getting uh, put on the right pathway. But who gets side effects of drugs? Those people who have smaller or damaged livers and kidneys. That would be the women, elderly, and the children. That would also be people that have blood sugar problems and other kinds of things. Also, people taking a wide variety of medications to include, but not limited to, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Aleve, Advil, Naproxen, anti-inflammatory drugs, and a long list of other drugs. That's why we developed alternative anti-inflammatory supplements. We have a whole bunch of them. And then... People who have cytochrome P450 genetic mutations, usually when I say that, people go, cyto P, what, 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 what are you talking about? There are numerous genes that you inherit that metabolize your drugs. They're not seen on standard lab tests. And I'm going to show you some of those in a minute. But before we do that, I'm going to say a picture is worth a thousand words. So in this case, the picture is a lab report. I would strongly encourage people to go back and find these slides. Before you look at labs, we've got to cover that drugs are metabolized by a person's genes in several ways. You could have normal drug metabolism. You clear it out normally. We can test your genes with a mouth swab. Uh, got to see you to do that. Usually covered by insurance. Got to see you to get that done. Or, you know, you could get it done elsewhere and have the report sent to us. However, less than 1% of physicians know how to utilize these tests for all drugs. You could also have poor metabolism. Not too hard to understand that, you know, drugs might accumulate and cause some problems and they're going to cause toxic sooner, effects sooner or later. The people have no clue about rapid metabolism. You could clear the drug out really fast. We have to actually give you more of that. Not that much concern for side effects. You just rapidly clear out the drugs. And you could have intermediate metabolism where it could go either way. So here's a picture with a thousand words. Here's a genetic test. 
uh, it's the next slide, uh, February 14th, I think, uh, that went too long ago, was covered by insurance. Here's a woman who had a lot of problems with um, anxiety and depression, not sleeping well. And if you look at this slide, you'll see where I circled a bunch of fancy-sounding genes. One's a hyperinducer. That's a rapid metabolizer. One's an intermediate, kind of, two of them intermediate, three of them intermediate, kind of in between. And if you can actually look at this slide, what it'll show, she was taking a drug called buspirone. So you see that in the second column. In the third column, it says known interactions. And you'll see there's a little gene sign. And you'll see this arrow up and say greater than 200%. You go all the way to the right, you'll see taking certain drugs made Buspar, which was given for anxiety, go up 200%. What does it cause? Anxiety and sleep problems. That's the side effect plus generalized things. And interestingly enough, I had told this woman, why don't you take some melatonin? Melatonin is very tricky all on its own. You have to have very specialized forms, very specialized doses, blah, blah, blah. That's why I have my own stuff manufactured now, my own supplements, excuse me. Anyway, um, I'd given her some melatonin. It didn't work. And she said, well, it doesn't work. You don't know what you're doing. I said, no, we might need to give you some more. You know, sometimes you don't even need these genetic tests. There's ways to figure this out without ever doing the testing. But if you go down that slide, you look a bit, you'll see melatonin in the second column. You'll see a little gene sign in the third column, and you'll see 30 to 50% decrease. If you go over, you'll see she's a CYP1A2 hyperinducer. In other words, for that gene, she's a rapid metabolizer. She blasts that melatonin out faster. You got to double the, do- you got to increase the dose by at least 50%. So you just keep marching up the dose. I'm willing to bet when she does that, she's going to start sleeping better. Actually, I know she did that. We changed her medicines. We increased her melatonin. We're starting to get control of anxiety and depression and, and uh, insomnia and things. There's some few other complicating factors, but that's it in a nutshell. Okay, so again, there are these things called cytochrome P450 genes. That's a big word. If you Google that, you're, not, you're just going to get confused, but go ahead. Okay, the idea is that there are genes we can test for. They are invisible. They're not done on standard tests. We get them from a mouth swab, or you could do a saliva test. They may be covered by insurance. These reports are very hard to read, very hard to understand. This next slide gives you some of the names of some of the genes. But we can now test your serotonin genes. We can now test your norepinephrine genes. We have the dopamine challenge. We have a GABA challenge. Think of the implications of that for everybody, not just Parkinson's. So I'm um, going to say next is that I've learned sometimes I don't even need those genes tests. There's patterns I've learned. Hey, if you come to me and you've taken a whole bunch of drugs and you have a lot of side effects, you're probably a poor metabolizer. We can deal with that. Hey, you take drugs and you don't see them, they don't seem to work and you need a whole lot higher doses, you're probably a rapid metabolizer. Do they seem sort of in between? Well, you might be intermediate. How do you handle caffeine? Does it cause jitteriness, palpitations, sleep problems? This slide is incorrect. That's actually a, uh, tells you that you're a poor metabolizer of a 1A4 gene. You know, I, I didn't need it test tell me that I can deal with that and there's some other patterns that we could use you might not need a gene test let's look at the next slide it's another gene test this one I ordered on January 30th and this woman is a poor metabolizer she has diminished or poor metabolizer for two genes she is having pain anxiety and uh, depression she's taking prescriptions for that a little bit of a complex slide but what you can see on there if you can see it she's taking a drug called Effexor uh, she's a poor metabolizer levels one up uh, 200%, over 200%. What does it cause? Pain, anxiety, depression. Uh, you come down the slide a little bit here. Um, 
you'll see she also, uh, there's a metabolite or breakdown product that would drop 51 to 80%. So, that, you know, the darn thing's kind of canceling itself out. Go down to the bottom, and you'll see caffeine. Again, she's a 1A2 diminished or a poor metabolizer. And the little arrow there says mineral. They don't get that, man. They don't get that. When you throw that caffeine in there, you, there's many drugs that you can make go way high. So what do we do? You know, she was having side effects. Treatment wasn't tr- effective, so we just changed prescriptions. Guess what? Her pain, anxiety, depression, <laughs> ADD, bipolar, insomnia kind of stuff all got a whole lot better. Some of it very, uh, very, very well controlled. So again, one picture is worth a thousand words. Let's look at our last two slides. Here's how we help people see the problems how they understand side effects of drugs, why drugs don't work, why genetic testing is important, why kidney tests are important, how to cut down and stop drugs, how to change drugs or supplements, and help me manage their drugs forever. If you have one of these genetic problems or kidney problems, forever is a very long time. Once I have one of these tests, I tell, I don't want my patients starting any drug anywhere by anybody, or if they do, they need to get in pretty fast so I can put it into my computer programs and see what's going on. So here's a woman who came to me. Her blood pressure never, ever, never controlled. She even had a stroke. Multiple drugs being given. Never worked. First thing we did is we talked to the doctor. She had a kidney problem. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, what we did is I talked her into doing the genetic testing. So she's the last genetic test. This was done uh, February 18th. So you can see we do this all the time. And you can see, if you can see this slide, she had two genes, a 2D6 gene and a 2C19 gene, where she had intermediate and rapid metabolism. Okay, that still confuses everybody. That's why we like this particular report. You can, if you're my patient, you can see the arrows yourself. And I circled the ones that are important. If we come down here a little ways, one, two, three, four, five, about six drugs down, you'll see a drug called Coreg. That's a beta blocker. And you'll see, again, it's carried by a gene. I'm pretty sure that's the... Um, 2D6 gene, and the level can go up 76 to 200%. What's one of the consequences of that? You cause high blood pressure. You damage the kidneys. That happens when, if you go way over to the right, when you add in a whole bunch of other blood pressure medicines. Same thing if you came down to one called clonidine. You'll see that that can uh, use other blood pressure medicines that can cause the level to go up 76 to 75%. So you get in the picture here. So we changed to a different medication she has Medicare, so I had to kind of Mickey Mouse around and find the one that they covered. Not my, not my preferred one, but I can live with it. We're not having any side effects yet. Um, blood pressure, not completely controlled like I thought she came in this week, but that's because we started at a really low dose because she has kidney problems, so we're just cranking the dose up. And I have a reasonable chance of controlling it with one drug, but if I have to add other drugs, now I know to go back and check every single drug against her genes to figure this out. Takes a lot. It's a lot of work, but it takes the guesswork out of it. Think about this: when we write prescription drugs up until now, it's guesswork. I have no idea if you're a rapid. Well, now I do. I can ask some questions, but average practitioner, no idea if you're a rapid or slow metabolizer. You're just. It's a toss of the dice. People can get their genes tested if they want, or if they can't afford that, we have our sneaky ways of figuring it out. But I, I don't have time to cover that today. So with that, I've gotten all the way through all the slides, and the last slide just says again how you can get hold of me if you'd like to. So open for questions. So by way of summary, David, you're saying that when a person finds that they are having to take more and more of the medications that they are currently taking, it may be that there are other avenues that can be pursued other than just taking more medications. 
Oh, absolutely. Like one of the things I learned a long time ago, once you start hitting three drugs, some of the drugs would be added because you're treating side effects of the drugs. But again, for today's talk, if you have underlying kidney problems or underlying genetic problems, yeah, they're just dumping more stuff into you and it's going to play havoc because you saw those arrows going up and down. It, you know, somebody's got to sort that all out. Right. We have a caller from area code 360. You're on the air. How can we help? Hi, Robert and David. This is Charlene. I'm in, in Battleground, Washington. Hi there. Um, my mother was misdiagnosed with Parkinson's almost two years ago, and she was started on Cinemat. Um, we're having a horrible time getting her off the drug. I'm wondering if this is something, David, that you have some knowledge about. Oh, um, Absolutely. Help Whenever it. you start any drug to boost uh, neurotransmitters, and you've got to be really careful about that because some of them are cardiovascular drugs or some of them are hormones, uh, obviously psychiatric drugs, dopamine drugs. What happens is, and Dr. Marty Hines, I've got to give him credit for this one. He figured it out. Is What you'll do is you'll temporarily boost something. So in this situation, you're boosting the dopamine. should have asked why you had dopamine problems in the first place or if even that was the problem. But you'll temporarily boost your levels of your serotonin dopamine, whatever you're trying to boost, if you're GABA, anything. But unless the kidneys are supported or you have the correct nutritional things on, on board, they'll drop. So then what happens is then you just set yourself up for a whole sequence of other things. And the first thing that I suggest with your mother is find a competent physician to look over all of her lab tests, including her brain scan, any test that was ever done by anybody anywhere, and figure out really what the heck's going on and what's the real diagnosis. In my scheme of things, the most common things that I see cause neurological problems outside of the rare things, it's usually blood sugar problems, aging, kidney problems, circulation problems, viral infections, uh, a whole host of things. So you can almost always find those things pretty quickly. That's why I refer back again to the woman of Virginia. I mean, we're just getting started, and we've already found either indicators for those things or we've ordered all the labs for a lot of that stuff. So I think we could probably help your mother. I'd be willing to try. Or okay, go find I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be in touch with you. Okay. I have your contact information here. All right. We'll do the very best we can to help her. Wonderful. Really appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Thank you. David, there is a point that we uh, uh, heard about a few days ago, but listeners have not really heard this. You stressed to me in a uh, private conversation that for people who are taking certain drugs, people who have Parkinson's disease, diet is critical, and that really has to be stressed. Could you elaborate on that for people? Well, first off, I don't ever put anybody in a diet. I put them on a feeding plan, a food plan. Uh, that's critical for everybody, but what you're referring to is there's drugs called monoamoxidine, MAOIs. All of the neurotransmitters, so like serotonin, dopamine, are also called monoamines. So we're going to confuse you. The oxidase is the enzyme that degrades it. The inhibitor means it inhibits the enzyme. So this one caller who's now become my patient, she was given one of these drugs. What that means is that's blocking the breakdown of neurotransmitters. So when you add something, a supplement, a dopamine challenge, any other drug, you're just going to flood that system. It's unregulated. You cannot break down your neurotransmitters easily. There's, there's some other enzymes involved, but I'm making it simple for the listening public. So when I saw that she was on, a mono, on MAOI, I said, holy smokes, man. You have to be on a very, very, very specific diet because uh, if you don't and you eat certain amino acids, 
you're going to really screw stuff up. I mean, you're going to cause all kinds of havoc in the uh, neurotransmitter system, and you can put yourself into cardiovascular crisis. And it's interesting. This is before the woman became my patient. She just sent me something on the Internet, and I said, whoa, professionally, ethically, morally, religiously, anything, i got to say, you got to follow this diet. You know, and she emailed back really quickly, and she said, you know, I, somebody kind of said something about that. I didn't take it seriously, but I am now, and that explains a lot of problems. So what's happening is she's being given Parkinson's drugs, and then she's being given this dopamine challenge, and when she sent over her actual records, you just see this critically high level. She's puking off and on for two years, and she's taking GABA drugs, and she's taking uh, GABA supplements. It's like, wow, whichever professionals did that, they were not communicating back and forth, and no clue. And that's why I'm going to defend Dr. Marty Hines for people who are working with this. He was not aware of that. I kind of figured that out, that he was just totally blindsided because all this information was not conveyed to him. So when you're, when you're taking with dopamine and you're using psychiatric medications, you really got to know what you're doing. If you, I've never even prescribed an MAOI. I don't even know why I'd want to do that. Oh, well, I could see the logic in it, but it's like way, there's way safer and better ways to do things. And I believe that the reason they add the MAOI in is because you're trying to get higher levels of dopamine. But you've got to know what you're doing when you do that. Does that answer your question, I hope? Yes, it did indeed, David. Now, we have, again, a large number of individuals who called in. We have time for one more question. So if you'd like to be able to talk with David directly, just signal that you'd like to be able to connect in, and I'll be happy to click you in live here to the radio show right now. David, I just want to say to you that I'm a great admirer of your work. When people go to a medical doctor, they get 5, 10 minutes, and maybe at most 12 minutes uh, for their appointment. So medical doctors have to go from patient to patient to patient, and they're, all, of course, always treating symptoms. They're not actually looking at causes. With your approach, you're basically doing a comprehensive analysis. You spend enormous time with each patient and you're looking at the factors that are causing these imbalances, I really just want to say to you that I think it's remarkable work. Uh, thank you very much. But I would like to clarify, because I don't want to mislead people. No, we don't spend an enormous amount of time with them at one time. We usually do an intake uh, consultation, and after that, there's a sequence that you work on these things over time, so the time is spread in appointments over over time. Reason is, is it takes time for me to put it all together. Second, it takes time for people to get their act together on doing things and then see the responses. So it, it's it's over time that we do things. And I would advise people, you can do one of two things. Try to figure all this great stuff out, but it's almost impossible to do that. But we could spend a lot of time trying to explain things that docs don't get or don't understand. Or just go with the flow. Trust me, I have plan A. If that doesn't work, i got plan B. If that doesn't work, i got plan C. If that doesn't work, i got plan D. I'll hang in there as long as the person wants to. And I think that's one of the reasons we get good success rates is because I'll stick with my patients as long as they stick with me. And, David, how do people get in touch with you one more time? Uh, you can call 360-357-8054. You can Google my name, David Overton, or Natural Medicines for Olympia, Washington. Easy to find uh, me on Facebook and the Internet. Or um, our website is www.natmeds.net. Again, if you'd like to be able to study and review the information that David discussed today, you can go to the Parkinson's Recovery blog, and you'll see the whole set of slides that he addressed. 
That address of the blog is www.blog, B-L-O-G, dot parkinsonsrecovery.com. The posting is for February the 26th, 2014, or you can click on the category listing to the right of the blog page for side effects of medications. David, thank you so much for taking the time to do this stellar presentation to let everybody know some of the issues that are really at play. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you for being on my case for four years to finally get around to talking here. I'm very <laughs> busy true. taking care of patients. <laughs> you were pretty dogged on that. <laughs> I have been working on trying to get David on the program now, as he said, for four years, so I do have to uh, celebrate the fact that I was finally victorious. And that's what's <laughs> happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are connecting in to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week. This is Robert Rogers. Good day.